This is the Art of Warcast, a news and opinion podcast about card games and board games. Today on the cast, a new Warcast? Where are Carl and Doug? The Keyforge campaign starts on GameFound. Vampire Rivals previews. So, you're probably wondering, what the heck is going on? Well, because of life being complicated, it turns out that it's really just hard to get three adults together on any one day. Since Gen Con, Carl, Doug, and I have tried to schedule a recording, and while two are available, we just haven't been able to get the third. But for me, the fire still burns to create content about games I enjoy. So after bouncing several ideas around, I've come up with a slightly new format, or a completely new format. Me. Just me. And it just has a bit of universal alignment that this cast evolves on the same day that Keyforge's GameFound campaign started. I had planned to start this this today on September 9th. Lo and behold, the GameFound Keyforge campaign went live today as well. At this point, I'm planning for at least a bi-weekly, I'm hoping for weekly, 20 to 30 minute episodes with the addition of a live audience chat over our Discord server in the future. Hoping to make each episode more like a radio text than show. I'll be covering the newest news, old news, and any other things that might come up. Much like the classic Art of Warcast, I plan to talk about the things I know about. Playtesting card games, game editing, proofreading, playing card games, talking about card games, covering the games I play, and I hope you enjoy it. Now, you might be wondering what happens to the classic Art of Warcast format. Well, Carl and Doug and I are talking about what to do, and I can tell you that it hasn't gone away completely. Just life gets in the, in the way of while you're making other plans, right? These news episodes will appear alongside the larger and more open conversations that the Art of Warcast, and even before that, the Traxxas Sector Warcast, has been known for. So the big news of this week in the last couple of weeks, at least to me, is that if you're a returning listener, you know that I love Keyforge, like a lot. It's my gaming drug. And the big news is that they have found a home at Ghost Galaxy. Their game found campaign started just today, and it's already gone successful, so it's wonderful. I've spent a lot of my free time over the last few years doing my part to make the game great, and I think I've succeeded more than I failed uh, I was very excited to learn that Keyforge would be moving to Ghost Galaxy, as you all know, and from their attendance at Gen Con and their very regular communication, uh, light and day above what happened uh, at Fantasy Flight, uh, their game found campaign, and even the detailed rules of Winds of Exchange that they're sharing with us, they're showing that they are committed to doing their best to have Keyforge come back strong. Now, you might be wondering how I feel about the GameFound campaign. Well, it's a piece of marketing, right? They get to market themselves and launch the campaign. They get to measure demand. That's probably the most important thing in, in addition to initial cash flow. Uh, they, have, they can make accurate print runs as a result of the campaign, and they can build excitement. There are several levels uh, that give you only decks, that give, give you a deck and some playmat, there's uh, two higher levels. Uh, there's personalized decks, which is fan-freaking-tastic. When I saw that, I was very, very excited. Uh, the levels seemed good. And I would love something between the $420 and $750 mark. Uh, the $420 mark gets you three personalized decks. They're accompanying playmats, 36 decks, and some other little swag, some stand-ins, some Niffle Ape, and a 
tactical officer moon uh, little figurine. So those are cool. The 750, you add in the fuzzy gruen, you add in 36 more decks for a total of 72. In any case, I'll save the details. You can check the link in the show notes. It was funded in less than 30 minutes and it's already successful. As I sit here, it's already at $275,000. So yay, I can't tell you enough how excited I am to see this set hit. Uh, I, I play tested it and it is a fantastic addition to the Keyforge universe. I can't ask for more. Now what does remain to be seen is how, how are the stretch goals gonna be met? There's The stretch goals are pretty amazing. The higher the goals at the $500,000 level, a whole lot of localizations occur, and that is fantastic. So we have localizations at the $500,000 $500, mark and the $750,000 mark. Here's to hoping we hit those two marks and as many people get a chance to play this game in their uh, native language as they want. For those of you who don't know about Keyforge, it's designed to be a two-player game. It also has cooperative single and multiplayer, two, three, four-player game mechanics known as Keyforge Adventures. The game is an algorithmically, the decks are algorithmically built. Uh, MSRP is currently $10. Now, Winds of Exchange and Ghost Galaxy have said that their the price of decks will be $12.99, so $13. When you buy a deck, that deck has been algorithmically generated to have three houses, which are same as factions or clans or what have you. But the nomenclature in Keyforge is houses. And so they have three houses that are picked from seven in any one set. Now there are 11 houses with the addition of the Winds of Exchange house, the Merchants of Equidon. And so each set tends to rotate a house in or a house out and so on and so forth. So this is the return of Mars, which hasn't been seen uh, since Worlds Collide. Actually, since before Worlds Collide, they were in uh, Age of Ascension, which was the second set, and Call of the Archons, which was the first. Play basically starts, it's, a, it's kind of a weird racing game. It's not fighty. There's fighting in it, but it's not fighty. It's very strategic. So you're trying to make the best effort that you can with the cards that you're given in your deck. You cannot change the deck. Those cards comprise the unique deck. There is no other deck like it. Algorithm assigns, picks some rares, picks some uncommons, picks some common cards, and puts them all together. And sometimes... They really work well, really work well. And other times, not so much. But it's up to you to find the best way to play your deck against someone else's deck. And I play this game all the time. I don't play it daily, but I play it pretty frequently. The online third-party client is called the Crucible Online, and you can check out how to play there. And you can find games all the time. I've talked about that on the Art of Forecast quite a few times so if you haven't tried keyforge yet really this is a great chance to give it a try i can't recommend it enough all right on to vampire rivals the dragon and the rogue previews have started in their wednesday uh vampire wednesday streaming uh, Matt and Matt and Matt and Dan have done some previews of both the clans coming out, the Ravnos and the Zamichi. 
the Zamishi really like their things. They like really like their stuff. So they keep attachments. They take attachments. They steal attachments, these kinds of things. So if you're playing rivals, this opens up a whole new line of play. Uh, they also introduce ghouls, which will be considered characters as the vampires are. The Ravnos are wily token-moving vamps. So in the game, for those of you who don't know about rivals, some of the card effects are face-down cards that are traps or conspiracies, and you're forced to put tokens on them uh, representing the influence you're putting into that particular effort. And Ravnos move tokens around. So move blood from vampires onto these cards or vice versa. Uh, spoilers like this are really cool, but to be sure, I, I, I can't really figure out how excited I am because the mechanics are so new and the game is kind of a, a, it's not complex, or it's complex but not complicated. So when you're seeing only a sliver of the new cards, you don't know exactly how they're going to play. Um, it took me a long time to evaluate exactly how good things were, what kind of style a play it required. The Shadows and Shrouds expansion, which was the latest one with all new clans, it took me a while to figure out how to play both the Lasombra and the Hikata that are in that set. I've figured out that I have a pretty good Wraith deck that's been winning quite a bit, and I'm really excited about this next expansion. So keep your eye out for those streams happening on Wednesday on Renegade's Twitch channel with their later videos going up on YouTube. But you can check it out on Play Renegade YouTube channel. So like I said, I'm really excited about this Dragon and Rogue expansion coming out, although I, ha I don't know exactly what I'm excited about. I want to see new cards. As, as any game player is, as any card player is, new cards are always cool. Uh, the Prague City deck, which is in the Heart of Europe expansion, that is the most recent expansion, although it doesn't have new clans. It just has cards to add to the already existing clans, has definitely changed the game and made for more interesting deck building. Now, if you haven't tried Rivals yet, it's a good time to get in. It's also the best multiplayer card game out there, bar none. So as of late, Dune Imperium has been a game that I've gotten to the table a couple of times. And I have to say, I picked this up after Gen Con, not at Gen Con, but after Gen Con, because I heard some really good things about it. Now, realizing that I'm telling some of you something that you probably already know, it's now it's, this is the new version from Direwolf, not the um, re-released, retooled version from the, I think it was the 80s. It's a fantastic game. It combines worker placement which I absolutely love, and a deck builder, which I like. Uh, the deck builder-ness is quite fun. I played it in a two-player game uh, where you have, when you play two-player games, you play with a third spoiler deck. Kind of, it's, it's a, it acts as a third player, but it's really a spoiler for the conflict phase of the game and to fill up the board a little bit more because when you're playing worker placement and you have a big old board made for four players, three or four players, two players can have a lot of room. So even in that two-player environment, the game was strong. And that was a, honestly a surprise. Candidly, it was amazing to see how well it worked at two-player. Uh, we also recently played it as a three-player game, which was even more dynamic, which is fantastic. 
the thing with worker placement is that it can sometimes leave people in the dust, right? If you just aren't keeping up, if you don't see what's going on, you don't see the lines of play, you can obviously sometimes just be left behind. But in the games that we've played, in the scenarios that we've uh, seen, that hasn't happened. The game always comes down to the last turn. And it's fantastic. So I like that tension. I like that it continues. There is a clock on the game. There's 10 turns. That's it. 10 turns. So if you like worker placement and or deck building games, and now when I say deck building games, I mean stuff like Star Realms. The classic, the first ever is Dominion, of course. Uh, Star Realms, Hero Realms, um, anything like that. finish off the podcast thanks for listening so far if you've made it this far (laughs) thank you very much this is my trial run and i feel a little rusty not only because i haven't done it with doug and carl for a while but just because it's me and that's a little bit different i'm kind of talking to an empty room kind of so last last bit is i figured i'd share a little bit of what i'm reading lately Uh, besides the research methods texts and the instructional design text that i read for class i just finished house in the cerulean sea Uh, It has a lot of heart, uh, a lot of laughs, and some wonderful characters. So check it out, House in the Cerulean Sea. I'll have a link in the show notes. And then I just started Shorefall, which is the second in a fantasy series that started with Foundryside. The series has good, strong female characters, and it's really quite original what the fantasy aspect of this is. Uh, I recommend it. So that's all I have for now, folks. Uh, Feel free to reach out through the Art of Warcast Discord or email. Links to both are in the show notes. And until next time, remember, you have a choice to either increase the cool in the world or decrease the suck. Thanks for listening.